A very good evening to you for tuning in to Calvary Baptist Half Hour Broadcast. I'm so happy that I can come to your homes, your cars, and wherever you are hearing me from to share God's word with you this evening. I'm delighted. And uh, tonight I'm going to look at the theme, living your life without God. If a person lives of his or her life without God, what will be the consequences? And I'm going to read a passage of scripture from Second Samuel chapter 3, verse 6 to 27. My name is Pastor Joseph J. Mensah. I'm so glad that I can share with you God's word this evening. So you follow me as I read Second Samuel chapter 3. Verse 6 to 27. It's a very lengthy passage, but we'll read it. And then we'll do reflection on the passage. As the war between the house of Saul and the house of David went on, Abner became a powerful leader among those loyal to Saul. One day, Isbosheth, Saul's son, accused Abner of sleeping with one of his father's concubines, a woman named Rispah daughter of Ai. Abner was furious. Am I some Judean dog to be kicked around like this? He shouted, After all, I have done for your father Saul and his family and friends by not handing you over to David. Is this my reward that you find fault with me about this woman? May God strike me and even kill me if I don't do everything I can to help David Get what the Lord has promised him. I'm going to take Saul's kingdom and give it to David. I will establish the throne of David over Israel as well as Judah, all the way from Dan to the north of Rechsheba, Bechsheba, the, the north of Bechsheba in the south. Isbosheth didn't dare say another word because he was afraid of what Abner might do. Then Abner sent messengers to David saying, doesn't the entire land belong to you? Make a solemn pact with me, and I will help turn over all of Israel to you. All right, David replied, but I will not negotiate with you unless you bring back my wife, Michal, Saul's daughter, when you come. David then sent this message to Ishbosheth, Saul's son. Give me back my wife, Michal, for I bought her with the lives of hundred Philistines. So Isbosheth took Michal away from her husband, Pati, son of Lish. Pati followed along behind her, as far as Behurim, weeping as he went. Then Abner told him, go back home. So Pati returned. Meanwhile, Abner had consulted with the elders of Israel. For some time now, he told them, you have wanted to make David your king. Now is the time for the Lord has said, I have chosen David to save my people Israel from the hands of the Philistines and from all their other enemies. Abner also spoke with the men of Benjamin. Then he went to the bronze to tell David that all the people of Israel and Benjamin had agreed to support him. When Abner and 20 of his men came to Hebron, David entertained them with a great feast. Then Abner said to David, Let me go and call an assembly of all Israel 
to support my lord the king. They will come and make a covenant with you to make you their king and you will rule over everything your heart desires. So David sent Abner safely on his way. But just after David had sent Abner away in safety, Joab and son of David's troop returned from a raid, bringing much plunder with them. When Joab arrived, he was told that Abner had just been there visiting the king and had been sent away in safety. Joab rushed to the king and demanded, What have you done? What do you mean by letting Abner get away? You know perfectly well that he came to spy on you and find out everything you are doing. Joab then left David and sent messengers to catch up with Abner, asking him to return. They found him at the well of Syrah and brought him back, though David knew nothing about it. When Abner arrived back at Hebron, Joab took him aside at the gateway as if to speak with him privately, but then he stabbed Abner in the stomach and killed him in revenge for killing his brother Asahel. Amen. This is God's word, and we are looking at living your life without God. Abner, as I have just read, was driven by his own will, his own gains, and his own ambition. Such godless pursuit led him to a life of vanity and fruitless end. He just died like a foolish. The passage of scripture that is as in Second uh, Samuel uh, talk about spend a lot of time to do with what Abner has done, the commander who once served under Saul. And he was only mentioned briefly in 1 Samuel as the son of Ner, Saul's uncle, that 1 Samuel 14, verse 50. Saul and Abner were cousins. After Saul's death, he made Saul's youngest son, Isbush, a king of the northern region. Clearly, Abner has certain influence and power. He's capable and resourceful, but he's a man driven only by his own desires. He lives without God, but we are going to look at his life Today, as I've just read you the passage and drawn lessons from it, we have Ishbosheth, who is from the house of Saul, ruling the north of Israel, and Abner being his commander. And David, the son, David is in the south, that is Judah, with Joab being his commander. And the, the author of Second Samuel, the writer of Second Samuel, then tells us in chapter two that Abner came up with this suggestion. Second um, Samuel two fourteen. To have 12 of his men fight 12 of David's men under Joab's leadership. Why would Abner even suggest this is anyone's guess? You can guess why Abner was going to do that. You know, he did that to stoke his ego, to show off, to prove that he has the better fighting men. Any of these are possible. He did that to just prove that he's, he's a better commander uh, of the army than the other one. So Abner was driven by his own will. We are talking about living without God, living on your own world and purpose and the consequences that you will have if you don't take care. So Abner, he did what he likes to do, most likely to gratify his own desire, ambition, his ego. Without God, this is what we will gravitate towards. If you don't put God as the center of your focus and life, your world will preside over your life, your desires, your ambition preside over your life and to take you to where you don't need to go. Now the altar of 2nd Samuel 
highlighted this contest at length and with great details because this event eventually led to the enmity between the two houses, the house of Saul and the house of David. It was a foolish thing they did. What resulted was a very angry um, Asahel, that is Joab's brother, from David's house, pursuing Abner relentlessly with revenge. You know, and um, Abner is our focus for this um, meditation as we are meditating on the passage that we just read. Abner, Abner warned him to stop, but he refused. Abner warned Asahel. Abner warned Asahel to stop, but he did not stop. He refused. Abner turned around and killed him. So fully these lead to serious consequences. Asahel's siblings, Joab and Abishai, pursue Abner, wanting to take revenge. Abner cried out, why pursue your brother? If you look at Second uh, Samuel chapter 2, verse 26. And the fight stopped. This fight ended, but Second Samuel 3, verse 1 says, The war between the house of Saul and the house of David lasted a long time. David grew stronger and stronger, while the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. So Abner was, the first thing I want to share with you, that Abner was driven by his own gains, his own ambition, his own ego. Abner did whatever he can to strengthen his own position. Without God, you live only for yourself. Lesson that you need to learn tonight, beloved. Without God, you live for yourself. Use your wisdom, use your creativity, use your own evil mind, evil thinking to try to manipulate situations. Without God, you live for your own self. You become somebody who sits on your throne. You push Christ out. Even a believer it can happen to you. You can push Christ out and use wisdom, human knowledge, you know, and sit on your own throne. Abner has so much power, even the king was afraid of him. Idbosheth was a puppet king. No one dared to tell him off. The king tried, but he was threatened. Now, Abner says he could easily switch sides and make David king of all Israel. Listen to how Abner put it. I can hand you over to David, um, verse th chapter 3, verse 8, and transfer the kingdom from the house of Saul and establish David's throne over Israel and Judah from Dan to Bathsheba, chapter 3, verse 10. So we hear Abner's arrogance. It's all in his hands. It's all about what he can do. And he made good his strength. If you read Second uh, Samuel 3, 12 to 16, here again, his arrogance, chapter 3, verse 12, his message to David, make an agreement with me and I will help you bring all Israel over to you. Do you see something that I'm trying to push through here? That Abner was full of himself. He was living without God. He was living on his power, influence, you know, the, the, the power and the position that he has. He was living his life on that. And the consequences were very, very, very serious. Beloved, you see, no one dared to tell Abner off. The king tried, but he was threatened. Abner said he could easily switch sides and make David king of all Israel. You know, now you listen. He says that I can transfer, I can hand you over to David. I can transfer kingdom, the kingdom from the house of Saul and establish David's throne over Israel and Judah from Dan to Bathsheba. So we hear Abner's arrogance. He was living for himself, was full of himself, 
He was using human wisdom, manipulating situations, and saying, me, I, 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 I can do this, I can do that. It's all in his hands. As far as he's concerned, it's all about what he can do. And he made good his trade. Here again, his arrogance, his message to David, make an agreement with me, and I will help you bring all Israel over to you. David asked for his ex-wife, Michal, back. Abner easily got the king to accede to the request of David. He was a powerful man. You know, he wanted to tell the whole world that he can make things happen. And indeed, he went around doing that, claiming that he can do and do it and do beyond measure and make sure that things will work the way he wants things to go. So, beloved, tonight I'm sharing with you living without God. If you live your life without God, you will have damn consequences. You know, foolish deeds will lead to serious consequences. Okay? Abner was driven by his own own will and his own ego and that he thought he was larger than life. But one day, in a twinkle of an eye, he was taken off. You know, and he died like a fool. So the next few verses as we read, tells us about how Abner went to meet up with the elders of the tribe of Israel and the Benjamites to convince them to come under David's rule. Particularly the Benjamites because they are Saul's relatives. Saul is a Benjamin. And Abner succeeded. The tribes agreed. This quite telling. You can see how much uh, influence he has already garnered by this time. Beloved, he has gotten the power and authority through his position over the years. He is a rare power behind the throne. So he did that. And without any regard to God, without any regard, he was always talking about himself. You know, for Abner to be able to convince the Benjamin, whose relative is Saul, the king, to switch side to David. That means he was a very powerful guy. That he can get things done and do it for his own purposes and greed. And also to satisfy his ego. Living without God, beloved, we should live our life with God being the center of our life. Otherwise, the the the, the the results will be damning um, dangerous. Now, Abner was driven by his own um, ambition. And this was his game plan. With his defection to David's house, Abner would eventually be the commander over a bigger territory, the northern and the southern kingdom, Israel and Judah. All the 12 tribes, you know, he will become the commander, the army commander over a bigger territory. That was his ambition. It will force Isbosheth to come under David with all the tribes switching sides. It is a plot to gain control. It is a betrayer. You want to gain control over vast territory, beloved. You and I need not to live without God. If we live without God, we think we, we are larger than life. We can control and manipulate every situation. But one day God will just speak and he will reduce you to your size. Beloved, let God be the center of everything that you do, and it will be a blessing. He was so driven by his own ambition that he had forgotten about the men working under David. He had forgotten about Joab, who was also an army commander under David. Can the two of them coexist? How can there be two army commanders? That is what a trick 
that Abner was trying to use to get Joab under him and also to control larger territory and bring all the forces, the soldiers under his command. How can two commanders be under one uh, king? So to Joab, the only obstacle to David's reign over the entire land is Abner. Take, take Abner down and you have taken Saul's house down. Joab was the army commander for David. And Joab believed that Abner did not come with good intentions. So it was a ploy to spy on David and plot his attack. So Joab came up with a plan of his own. Pretending that he wants to discuss a private matter with Abner, he, he lured him into a quiet place and killed him. If you are full of yourself, you will become foolish. That somebody with all your intelligence, thinking that you know you can manipulate systems and situations, and get your way through and what you want done through, that one day you will wake up to see that you have no wisdom at all. And that's what happened to Abner. Abner was taken to a place and he was killed. He died foolishly. He was a big, um, courageous commander, but he died without knowing. So you see, Joab too was driven by two things. Joab was a commander under Davis. And he was driven by vengeance, taking revenge for his brother's death. And two, which some historians believe, jealousy. There's no room for another commander in David's house. I want to be the sole commander, even if David becomes the king of the entire kingdom, the northern and the southern kingdom. I want to be the one who is commanding the army in the territory, which Abner was trying to seek. So I want to. So I will take revenge for Abner killing my brother and I won't share power with Abner. That was Joab's also problem. This is the tragic end of a man who lives only for himself. Everything ends in vain. Everything in this world ends in vain. Beloved, if you are hearing me tonight, everything that you grab in this world, everything that you manipulate in this world, you came to meet them and you will leave them. Everything that you can touch and see and feel are passing away. They are not permanent. Everything. All of us are going to die one day. So everything that we do with our ego, our human ingenuity, our craftiness, you know, the things that we do to accomplish this and get things done our way, they are all future pursuits. You lose them. It's like chasing wind. He has no regard for God. Abner and uh, Joab, both of them, have no regard for God. You know, Abner was also driven by his own ego, his own gains, and his own ambition. It's all about himself, his prestige, his power, his position, but it's a futile person. You don't do that because you're going to lose them. No one will stay forever. No one will be in a position forever. You are going to lose them. So don't live for yourself. Live for God. If you're a believer, live for God. If you're not a believer, hand over your life to Jesus and begin to live for him. In Proverbs 14, 12, we read, and also chapter 16, 25, we read, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. In Proverbs 14, 27, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning a man from the snares of death. Life cannot be complete without God. He is a reason for our being and our living. You see, Christ is the reason for our being and our living. And therefore, we need to live our life for him without living for him. We shouldn't live without God. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Without him, our end will be fruitless. Death, regardless of our prestige, our power, our position in life. 
So what should really drive us is the divine purpose of knowing God and doing His will, which is what David exemplifies. Regardless of what Saul, the king Saul did to David, he refused to take revenge. He said, God, God forbid that I'll attack God's anointed. He won't do it because he feared God. He wants to honor God in everything that he does. David exemplifies a divine purpose. His life was driven by divine purpose. Regardless of the details or the delays, this purpose sustained him and kept him going. David lives for God and he lives to fulfill God's will. At the end of the day, David still gained the throne that God has said that he's going to gain and sit on that throne because he learned how to let his life be after God's purpose. He lived his life based on divine purpose. There were detours. There were delays. After God has anointed him through uh, the prophet Samuel to become the king instead of Saul, there were a lot of detours. There were a lot of delays. But this purpose of waiting for the Lord and being, ma making sure that his life is driven by divine purpose sustained him and kept him going. David lives for God and he lives to fulfill God's word. We've been reading Ecclesiastes. King Solomon was everything, has everything. Pleasure, possession, project, prestige, power, position. And he says everything is meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Ecclesiastes 1 verse 14. God is a reason for our being and living. God is a reason for our being and our living. I cannot emphasize this much enough. God is a reason for our being and living. Something is amiss if you do not know God. And the only way to know him is through Jesus Christ. If you do not know him, then you need to confess your sin, repent, and acknowledge Jesus as your Savior and Lord. If you know him, then stay connected. A branch can never bear fruit on its own apart from the vine, Jesus says in John 15. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Everything is driven by something. Watch what is driving you today. I remember a story that I read about Dr. James Dobson, founder of Focus on the Family. He shared this. He said when he was in college, his goal was to become the school tennis champion. He worked very hard and succeeded in being the champion. He felt proud when his trophy was prominently placed in the school's trophy cabinet. Years later, someone mailed him that trophy. They had found it in the rubbish bin. The school was undergoing renovation works. James says, James Doctor says, given enough time, all your trophies will be trashed by someone else. The only thing that lasts is what we do for him and because of him. If you do things for your own ingenuity, for your own purpose, for your own ambition and ego, it was not going to last. Somebody will come and crush it. The only thing that lasts is what we do for God, genuinely, and we do that because of God. We are not put on earth to be remembered. We are not here to be famous. We are here to be faithful. We are put here to prepare for eternity. We are going to see him one day and give an account of our lives and our deeds. C.S. Lewis, I read him a lot. He says, aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth, and you get neither of both, and reject Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So, beloved, tonight I'm just sharing with you, living without God. You have to live a purpose-driven life, a life that is focused on God. So, you, you see, there, there's a song that I'm going to just read for you, a popular song. It was written by Francis Havingal in 1874. 
She's a child of minister in England. She started reading and memorizing the Bible at the age of four, eventually memorizing the Psalms, Isaiah, and most of the New Testament. At age seven, she wrote her first poem. Many eventually became hymns. Take my life, I give my life for thee, like a river glorious, and who is on the Lord's side? She is a concert soloist. She has a great voice, a brilliant pianist, and learned many languages in addition to Greek and Hebrew. She dedicated a life serving God. And he wrote this song that I'm going to read for you as I end my broadcast tonight. Beloved, he said, take my life and let it be. Consecrated Lord to thee. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee. Take my voice and let them sing always only for my king. Always only for my king. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages from thee. Take my silver and my gold. Not a might would I withhold. Not a might would I withhold. Hallelujah. Not a might will I withhold. Beloved, he continued to say, Take my will and make it thine. It shall be no longer mine. Take my heart. It is thy own. It shall what be thy royal throne. It shall be thy royal throne. Beloved, live a life that is Focus on God. Divine purpose. God brought you to this world. He has time for your life. He has season for your life. He has a time that is using you to do the things that he has purpose for your life. When God says yes, no one can say no in your life. Therefore, if your life is focused on God, you will begin to enjoy. I just gave you a contrast between Saul and Saul and David. God said explicitly through the prophet Samuel that go to Saul that I have taken the kingdom from him and have given it to David. And since then Saul began to hate David. And David said my life is focused. If God has said yes, no one can say no. And therefore I'm going to focus on what God has said. And therefore I will never hate. I will never revenge. I will never attack God's anointing. I will wait till God's time coming. Because when God has said it, it is going to come to pass. Beloved, tonight I want you to have a life that is lived with God. A life without God like Abner and Joab have serious consequences. Before you can have a life that is focused on God, that a God-centered life in your life, you need to first accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And therefore, you can boldly say these words, take my life and let it be. Consecrated Lord to thee. Take my hands and let them move. At the impulse of thy love. At the impulse of the life. Take my voice and let me sing. Oh, always only for you, my kid. The Lord bless you tonight. As you reflect on these messages. And if you don't have Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Confess your sins to him. And accept him as your Lord and Savior. And your life will never be the same. And the Lord bless you and keep you. And the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. The Lord bless you and thank you for making time with me, a date with me. I believe this broadcast has blessed you. Make a date with me. Same time next week, I am Pastor Joseph and Jay Mensah. Stay blessed.